Do y'all, do y'all hear like a feedback? Does the sound, is the sound righteous? Sounds good. The sound is righteous? Okay, great. All right, so my producer made me read this. So um, don't feel like it's awkward at all. Cause <laughs> I mean, I feel like Drake, when he first went up, went up on Funk Flex, when he had to like read off the phone. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it's a different era now, so. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the first live recording of 699 per pound podcast. Bong, bong, bong. For those of you who are just getting to know us, uh, we are a bi-weekly podcast that serves up hot takes from leaders and individuals from a wide variety of options and occupations and fields, just like the diverse food situations at a hot food deli in New York City. Does that make sense to y'all? All right. Um, and we've been in business for over a year now. I can't mm. believe it's been this long. We I have know. so many episodes in the vault. I just wanted to take some time to recognize our team members because it's not just us running the show because it would be a disaster. So, of course. <laughs> so we have Michael Ken Stewart in the back, who's our amazing producer who put this whole event together. Um, and right here, um, acting very important, we have Julie Young. She's a founder of our podcast, original producer, advisor. Uh, both of these people have episodes in the family episode, so please listen. And in the back, the mysterious Marcus Abek Plazier, who makes our sound sound righteous. That is him back there. Yeah. So like people ask us like, yo, what kind of mic y'all use? Like, how is every all your recording sound so like crisp? <laughs> I was like, yo, it's all Marcus, man. You know, our budget is no budget. You know no, what I'm saying? No so budget. Market makes sure that it sounds yeah. righteous, yeah. a quality. Yeah. And quick shout out to the newest member of our team, Nicole Rowe, who's working the cameras tonight. Shout Thank out to you Nicole. so much. And of course, you have yours truly. My name is Jojo Park. I'm a co-host of the 699 per pound podcast. Mm. Yeah. And we have And then you have me, the one and only representative <laughs> of name. Queens the Planet, J. Key Cho. You already know what this is. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. Alright. All the contents. All the contents. But enough about us. Enough about us. Enough about us. I mean, we you know, we know why you guys are here for. Um, I appreciate you guys for all coming out on a Tuesday night, on this precious Tuesday night. Shout out to Mocha as well. We forgot yes, to shout out to Museum Mocha. Museum of Chinese America who Museum let us Museum of Chinese in America, space. which is where you are right now. But yo, without further ado, I would like to present the special guest of this evening. I mean, I kind of looked up to this guy growing up. You know, he was like the pioneer of Asians and music in general. Asians. You know what I'm saying? Like Asian Americans and music in general. Um, but not only that, he's just a solid individual, a hip hop godfather, a godfather of Asians and hip hop, pretty mm -hmm. much. So, MBs. You know what I'm saying? So, without further ado, please make some noise for Chops. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna be sitting down. It kind of feels like a college lecture, but uh, man, in a room full of Asians, room full of Asians cracking jokes about college lectures. Okay, so Jakey, do you want to introduce Chops for some of the youngsters who might not know who he is? I don't even think it's about. Oh man. The oh age? man. Yeah, is it is it an age thing? <laughs> I don't So, okay, so let me introduce you guys to who Chops is. So Chops, aka Mr. Scott Jung, um, he co-founded a group called the Mountain Brothers in the early to mid-90s. Um, it was a trio, um, as well as DJ Roly Rowe, who was the DJ. It was a collective of Mountain uh, Brothers DJ. Yeah, it was a collective of Roly Rowe, fifth platoon. Um, so yeah, it was a collective of um, like MCs and DJs that pretty much like pioneered Asian Americans in hip hop. If anything, they were the first official Asian American hip hop group ever that also had a major label deal with Rough House, which housed Cypress Hill, which housed um, the Fugees. Criss Cross. Yeah, Criss Cross jump, as well. Jump. And, um, you know, these guys um, put out independent records, you know, Cell Volume 1, if you guys know record, Galaxies. Galaxies, Galaxies, you know what I mean? Where records like Paper Chase, you know what I mean? Okay, so yeah. You, you available going... for streaming now. Yeah, it's available Spotify, for streaming now on Spotify and iTunes as well. Bring that number up. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean, so the group, after the group, um, you know, like, the, everybody's in good terms, right? You guys are... You, yeah, you guys everybody's are so, good, man. Yeah. Uh, the guys kind of took different paths, doing important things, you know right. what I mean? Um, and, and money-making things, which I'm not mad at, mm. you know? But I, all I know how to do is do music, so I'm still here. Yeah, I mean, he's still making music, and um, I mean, you might hear some of his tracks on a TV show called Warriors, which is on right now. Um, it's, it's about the life of Bruce Lee. It's, it's based on the writings of Bruce Lee. It's like set in the late 1800s. It's mm. like just leading up to the Chinese Exclusion Act, which I'm assuming a lot of people in here would have studied or known a little bit about. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like uh, set in those times, and there's various struggles related to that. For yeah. sure. And I think this like kind of leads into what you're doing fast forward to now. Right. Of like starting off as that artist and just so you guys know, we're sitting in an exhibit where Mountain Brothers is actually being featured. Um, so these are all these amazing Chinese and Chinese American right artists right, right there, there in the, the back. Right, you right see, as you, you walk in, album. you see the Mountain Brothers the uh, Mountain record. Mountain Brothers are prominently featured here. Yes. And as you alluded to, you know, since then you guys have gone through different paths, but you really stuck with music and you are a music producer and you've done not just like tracks, but also TV and film. Um, for those of us who might not be familiar, what is a music producer? So there's two definitions of a producer, and one is the modern definition, which people think of when it comes to rap music, is the guy that makes the beats. So like somebody like a Metro Boomin or a Southside is the guy that makes the beats. But in the classical definition of it in the music world, like rock music and mm -hmm. all kinds of different music, um, it's the person who delivers the finished recording. You know what I mean? They, they hire the studio, they get the engineer, they make sure that the singer or rapper like, gets their takes right and all that Getting stuff. Getting shit done, sure basically. That, yeah, basically. It's kind of like, um, like Michael for six ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, producer. So, or Seth for yeah. here. Somebody yeah, who yeah. basically so, provides the final product. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and I do both, you know? Mm. Did yeah. you start off in both or were you dabbling more in the former or the latter yeah, in the beginning. I, I feel like um, it was kind of a simultaneous thing. Like, 
I was, uh, my first job ever that I could keep was at a recording studio. Mm -hmm. I was like an intern, you know, and then eventually I would do things like um, rap cassettes and, and things like that. There's these things called cassettes that they used to put music on back then. Oh, that's what they were. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, Jakey, do you have any, um, you grew up with Mountain Brothers and stuff like that. So at that time, can you walk us back to that landscape of hip hop of, you don't really see people who look like sure. us. Sure. Yeah, I mean, screen. times were totally, like, times were completely different back then. We're talking mid-90s, right? Um, Google did, like, we heard that there was a new thing called Google. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, it didn't exist. Oh, my God. You know? And, like, we had a website where people came to, like, it was just our website. It wasn't, like, you know, different, different sites with hip-hop and different, you know, it was just us. You know, Mountain or like there was, there was different things. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was Mountain Brothers. <laughs> and then, um, so the landscape was totally different and like there wasn't the networking that there is today, right? We grew up kind of like isolated. We grew up around other artists, you know what I mean? But like where we were, there wasn't a lot of like Asian artists. There was some DJs that were really dope. There was actually some MCs that were dope. But, um, you know, we found out about each other from mailing tapes. You know, like we would hear about people from California, like Lyrics Born, right? He was Asian born originally. He was, he was before Mountain Brothers actually, uh, Japanese American duties. He's been dope forever, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. like we, we found out about him through change, like changing tapes, mailing stuff. Like now you just click and you find out about stuff and people are collaborating and all that. So like we didn't have that. It was, it was really like, the, the landscape was totally different back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did like, you yo, I heard about you. Like, <laughs> from magazines, from all these different channels. I heard about you. It's like basically you're discovering each other for the first time if you yeah. like see each other, yeah. right? Because yeah. just from photographs, you don't even know how you like look like, right? Yeah, it's totally different back then, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, yeah. So how did you guys even meet? So you're one of three. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a group, we all went to Penn State uh, and we kind of like linked up there, you know? Um, and we were, we, we watched a show called Rap City all the time. Um, and we hung out like with whoever else wanted to watch Rap City on the, <laughs> you know, like there was a dorm room TV and like when Rap City was on, certain people would go down and watch Rap City. And like, um, and also I had a class in electronic music uh, at Penn State. Um, I was really into like learning the process of recording and, and musical instruments and, and, uh, and putting them together. And, um, and we just started like using the spare time in the lab like to record our, to record stuff of us learning basically how to rap. Yeah, and then eventually we, we kind of got, started thinking we were good, and we started, we'd get like lists of like um, record labels, right? Uh -huh. um, they, people would sell those, and one of the guys bought one, and, and we, uh, we started mailing tapes. Wait, hold up, they used to sell lists of record labels? Yeah, like, That was like sold and, as a book? Yeah, like addresses Holy and shit. contact names and okay. stuff, you know? Like that's back when, now you just Google it, and it's like that, mm. you know? But like, um, yeah, and we started mailing demos, and we had a picture of ourselves and stuff, and like, we would get all these letters that said like, you know, uh, sorry, but you're not appropriate for what we're, you know what I mean? And then, and then so what we did is we stopped sending the pictures. Mm -hmm. So right? before you guys would send pictures of yourselves and yeah, then they yeah. would say like, yo, you guys are not, not what we're looking for. Right. So you guys stopped sending yeah, yeah. pictures we had, and then and what happened? We just sent the music and we sent a note that said, we have pictures. <laughs> but. As if, a follow up. <laughs> if you don't like the music, it doesn't matter what we look like. Let us know. You know what I mean? And people started letting us know. So, so when you, 
you know, put your faces on the cassettes? Yeah. <laughs> were, did you guys anticipate that they would care? Were you naive to be like, they're not going to care, we're talented? We, you know, we just thought it was some cool shit, like, we, you know, like, we got a picture of ourselves, you know? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. like, that's, I mean, it was totally different back then, like, we, everybody's taking, like, a picture of themselves within the last five minutes, just now, mm. you know what I mean? That's something that's automatic for you, like, we had to, like, buy cameras and go get film developed and, and like, hire people for that, you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Like, it was totally, so anyway, we were happy to have a picture, but then we found out we had to be a little strategic with it as mm. far as... Sending music to labels and stuff. Do you remember the, who, who was it out of your group that said, yo, we need to just not put our picture on it? I don't remember. You don't remember? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It just wasn't working out, you know? Mm. But then it started working out and people like hit us and that's how we found like our manager eventually, you know? And, and, um, and there were different labels that showed interest and then finally like we, we had some other things that we kind of did. Um, there, was a, there was a contest on... Uh, the Sprite situation, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that because um, I think... For people in the 90s, like, that grew up, like, Sprite kind of pioneered, like, infusing hip-hop hip relevant hip-hop artists to rhyme about Sprite. And they yeah. continue to do that nowadays, too. But, For sure. you know, you guys were kind of one of the first people to win yeah. that contest, right? There was, like, a nationwide contest that was, like, um, in different major cities across the, the country, um, you know, submit a tape of you rhyming about Sprite. So we, um, we did that. We won in Philly. Um, it was an audio-only thing, mm. right? Um, we won in Philly, and then there was like a finals in LA, uh, and we were against like Detroit and you know various different places, and we and we won that too. So we had like a Sprite radio ad running for a while, and that helped us get signed because they were like wow. maybe these guys you know are marketable or you know whatever the lingo is for mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Were there was there like a bidding war or anything, or was there like that one label that well, you were going for? The the label that we were interested in, Rough House, mm -hmm. um, they're they were like a Philly based label, right? Mm -hmm. And um and that's where, you know, that's where we were based, that's where we're from. And um and I, like they were idols to me, you know what I mean? And so so like we really wanted to be with them. Mm -hmm. So and it just, you know, we were happy for that to happen. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you so because you get signed onto this like prestigious label, um, did you feel like you were getting equal treatment as an artist, or did you not really have a context to know? We had no clue. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we had no idea. We we were like, man, we're about to blow up. Yeah, like, that's, that <laughs> we're was gonna like be that. the next rap group. Yeah, yeah, no, no exactly. seriously, we're like, we're about to be Fuji's time for mm -hmm. us. You know, like we had no clue. And, and like, so there's I mean, two. yeah, same number of members, too, yeah. man. <laughs> exactly, three, exactly. Three members, you know what I'm saying? Right. So. No, and, and, but, like, there was two things that happened. Is one, we didn't know back then what went into, like, musically. There's, there's an art to what the Fugees did and do, you know, and do individually now um, that, that makes them stand apart from other, mm -hmm. just people that rhyme. And you can rhyme really well, but not make a song that the general public feels or, like, catches on to, Right. Um, so that's something that we, we like had a little bit of a grasp on, but we were based on like underground hip hop, which was mostly about skills, mostly about being able to rap um, and be respected by other people who know how to rap and like understand that you can spit. It was about rappers talking, rapping about rapping. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. That's, that's, I did a lot of rapping just about rapping mm. and about how <laughs> other rappers were not as good as, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that's part of it. And then the other part of it is, again, the landscape was totally different back then. Like... There was, I mean, like now, like it's like you go to Target and there's an Asian family on the wall. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like they, I we feel didn't have seen. that shit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, like there's there's like cereal commercials and there's Asian kids yeah. eating with the spoon. Mm -hmm. You know, and like it's, it's different now. You know what I mean? They're like like this. Ba back then we had none of that. Wow. We had none of that. None so of like, that. They 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 didn't know what to do with us in that. Like they actually one of the guys and I and this is the guy that I look up to the most mm. uh, from the label. He said like we're not sure what to do with you guys because you're a white group. And, we, oh. and that's just how much they didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're not a white group. This is before Eminem pop. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, but like, that, the, you know, the whole like racial dynamic of like media and everything was just not, it was not popping at all then. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? And um, so times like have changed and I'm, and I'm grateful. And like, you know, like my daughter, like she sees people that look like her you know, on television and in films and stuff, and she sees music artists, like, you know, I show them you guys on YouTube, um, you know, and, and like, like her self-esteem is through the roof compared to mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a different time now, and, and I'm glad that like, you know, I'm glad it's finally coming together. For <laughs> sure, I'm glad that we're doing this podcast here, for real, yeah. especially with you. But I kind of want to ask this one question. I think you kind of told me this when um, I went down to Philly to record a track with you like a couple years back. Yeah. Wait, wait like, as a rapper? As a rapper, yes. Oh, okay. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, but yeah, like... Jakey um, got bars. Uh, okay. Jakey's eye. Jakey's eye. Um, so, so you told me about this one incident where um, this record exec was like, just blatantly asking you guys to do some stereotypical Asian shit. Right, right, right. Can you like recall sure, that incident? Sure. There was a there was a gentleman. I'm not going to name him because I don't want to do that. Um, that was loosely affiliated with a, a really large record label. It was not Rough House. Sometimes people get this wrong, but he was like, you know what? This was when Wu Tang was like 36 Chambers was like full force everywhere, right? He was like, can you guys put on karate suits? For, first of all, karate suit. It's not a karate suit. There's there's a term for yep. it. Can you put on karate suits? and hit some gongs, you know what I mean? And I was what? like, I, I don't know if that's the right path for us, you know what I mean? Oh my God. I, I, and so, yeah, you know, like, it's, there's, again, it's different now, and like, you, there's people telling their own stories and they had to fight battles to be able to do that. Like, even, you know, there's, like, I saw an article about, uh, like, the different black directors in films, like, that were coming up in the 90s, too. Like, it was, a big struggle there was like there was you know there was walls man there was ceilings and um mm -hmm. it's it's through the work of a lot of people and through the support of a lot of people it's changing and, and that's the shit i mean through the works of people like yourself you know what i'm saying yeah. like that we're here like we're able to have like so many asian american artists or asian american content creators right now mm -hmm. you know if anything so yeah it's, it's awesome to see yeah much but props to you i do have one question so what did all your parents think about what you did um, Do they understand? <laughs> well, uh, my parents wanted me to do science, so I, I graduated in science, okay. you know, and the guys, uh, the other two you guys You held in the up group, your end of the deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I switched. But I, I dropped out of grad school, actually. I, was, I dropped out of college before Kanye did. Mm. Um, <laughs> my, uh, and the, the guys, you know, they, they do science now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, I think that was the right path. Given the situation that we had, given the landscape that I just told you guys about, like, they, didn't, they made the right choice, man, mm -hmm. you know? And, and um, yeah, but again, I know how to do music, and that's... Yeah. So yeah. even when you were, like, flying out to L.A., like, your parents were just like, what are you doing? Like, what is this for? Yeah, I mean, I, they, they kind of knew they had, like... But I, I feel like when we were, like, in Newsweek or, like, when we had, like, an ad in Marvel Comics, like, 
it meant something to them. They heard of that stuff mm -hmm. before. You know, they don't know what the source is. They mm -hmm. don't know what like rap pages. What maybe you guys don't even know what rap mm -hmm. pages was. Um, yeah, but, I don't, I don't know, think that many people know about yeah, rap pages at this point. Mag there was different magazines that people respected back then. You know, the Source, Five, Herb, and we were in all of them. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and um, but were you and, in the Chinese newspaper though? You know what? I don't think we ever popped on that level, man. No, man. If, yo, that's the ultimate. That's, that's man, the ultimate. Day. It doesn't matter if you're like an fucking like Herald. CNN. As long as you're in the local Asian language newspaper, yo, you're validated, yo. I know. You know what I'm saying? If you're Korean, you gotta be in the Chungang Ilbo. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, Chungang Ilbo, like, automatic. Ilbo, all that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, cool. It's a bucket list item. Mm. Yeah. So, um. So despite all of that, despite the fact that you guys were pioneers in the fact that Yasan with Roughhouse, like the first project that you guys put out were still was still put out independently. Yeah. Like what was the reason for that? Like, well, I mean, we had that conversation about they didn't know what to do with us. Mm -hmm. And um, and we felt that creatively we were geniuses and they were not. But that's like that's kind of the struggle of like independent artists anyway. You know, like they, they everybody thinks that like their music is connect with the gonna connect with the entire world as long as they get that shot. Mm -hmm. But there's more to it than that, you know, and um, we, yeah, but the, so in, in a certain sense, we were not ready for that particular thing to happen. You know what I mean? Um, but they, they kind of respected our creative choice and they let us break. You know what I mean? I got to cut, I, I got, I, part of the deal was uh, with signing with them is I got a bunch of equipment, um, like, studio, like some nice studio stuff, and I got to keep it. And that kept me alive for the next few years because I got to work with people around Philly and that kind of led into working with other people um, in the industry, you know? For sure. So with that said, um, I mean, like you guys put out great projects, Cell Volume 1, Triple Crown. I mean, these are all projects that if you guys have yet to hear, they're available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple and Music, Apple yeah. Music, you know, and all that. Deezer. So, yeah, make sure title. you... <laughs> title too? Title? Is, it's on title? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's on title as well. So make sure you tune in on all of these uh, records. But so you guys had like a solid run as a group. Um, and then afterwards, you know, like you said, Parallel and um, Styles Infinite, the two other yeah. members, they decided to pursue other careers outside of music. Definitely. But you kind of continue to be a musician, like pursued a career as a solo artist. And uh, you put out some great projects, man. I mean, you put out Virtuosity, which um, featured an early Kanye West. Yeah, it was one. I, I believe it was the first recording of Kanye West on someone else's project. Wow, you know I mean? that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And it you heard it here, man. Yes. His first Kanye's uh, recording on someone else's. Actually, that verse that he used, he it ended um, up elsewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. He ended up using it, like yep. he, yeah, he ended up using it in the last track of uh, last yeah. registration, right? Mayonnaise colored Benz. Yeah, mayonnaise colored Benz. That was first wow. in Chops's uh, compilation album yeah. from Kanye. So, what was it like working on that project? I mean, you know, at, you had some like pretty solid names even, you know, those names are still solid now, but back then those were like yeah, pretty yeah, much for sure. stars, that was, like rap That was stars. a good growth experience, you know what I mean? And, and like, um, and it was also um, uh, and a learning, learning experience as far as like how, um, how the industry works and, and um, yeah, and just how connections can help you, you know? Like that's one of the things that I would like to stress is that like, Connections are like, and people that check for you, and people that care about what you're doing, and the the fact that you check for each other that matters. You know what I mean? And and um and working with each with each other like that it makes a difference. 
Um, you know, having those kind of names on a project, like it, it helped me a lot as far as like the resume and as far as being able to um, put some credits under the belt kind of thing. Um, and then, um, yeah, and, and that kind of springboarded some things. But I think you said something really key because at the end of the day, 699 per pound is an occupation podcast. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what you said right there, like connections. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It's really about connections, building your network, shaking hands with everybody, making sure that they have a good image of you and vice versa. You know what I mean? I'm sure like they decided to hop on your track because they vibed with you, right? So yeah, I mean, and uh, this, is, this is the other part, is that certain part is not necessarily through the relationship that I have, but the people that I have relationships with. So sometimes I don't, I don't like, I'm not the person who knows the person, but mm -hmm. I know the person who knows the person. Yeah. You know what I mean? A friend of a friend. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that friend so must that, vouch for yeah. you. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So it makes a difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you were going about like working with these people and you were independent, like, did you have a team who was like doing little things like, coordinating recording days or, you know, emailing them or were you doing that oh, all year wow. by yourself? Um, well, with that particular situation, there was an independent label and there yeah. was like a staff. It That's was a good. small staff. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they did that kind of stuff. But I mean, everybody is like so much better at that stuff now, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and you could just DM somebody or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like holler at somebody on Twitter. You mm -hmm. could get yeah. your big break. But I think your, I wouldn't say it was your big break, but like, the record that, you know, kind of like aligns you with like a mainstream audience right. was with a uh, Lonely Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a record <laughs> called A Creep with Nicki Minaj. Right. Mm -hmm. So how did you end up doing that that particular um, from record? From Mountain Brothers. That, to that relationship. So so that came. I have a manager that's like that follows a lot of like up up and coming hip hop and just is is connected with a bunch of people. Um, and uh, that came through, I believe, Paul Wall. Like, I, I did a bunch of music with Houston artists. Oh, Paul Wall? Yeah. I'm low like an ant? Yeah, like yeah, Paul yeah, Wall. yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, the, like, I ended up getting to do a bunch of stuff with The Lonely Island, you know what I mean? The, the Nicki Minaj joint, like, the guy from Green Day uh, is on mm. one of the songs. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, it's been great. So how does that process work? So, like, an artist like Lonely Island is yeah. like, hey, we want to make this song. Like, right. How complete is the song? Is it a seed of an idea? And are you, as a music producer, like massaging that? There's, there's different situations. Their situation yeah. is very private. And they, they work alone partly because they want things, they want to try jokes and stuff yes. amongst themselves without being, like offending people in the room mm -hmm. and, and things. So like, it's, it's, and a lot of people work that way these days, but like with that situation, it's just sending music, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, if they like something, they use it, which, which is unfortunate to, to have happen. But like, again, I'm part, uh, like, I like the, the production aspect where you are involved making the record. So um, in, in that, like, there's different opportunities and there's different positive aspects about them. And I like, you know, um, both. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like I like the fact of getting to work with somebody in person when I get the chance to, but then I'll also take the other one too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think it's also different for you because you yourself, you're like a polished MC. You're like a rapper yourself. So when you, especially, I mean, I was in the studio with this guy and he was like, yo, he was like a school teacher, man, like correcting me about, yo, now nah, you're punching in at the wrong time. And now your ad lib is fucked up. Yo, your voice like I never it needs that. to be I on tone. He like, say, I don't think he said that. You know what that. I'm saying? Like he was. Um, and 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 to be fair though, like it was a great experience for me as a as a as a, as a rapper because I got to I took away so much from that experience because it was like the first That's time somebody coaching you 
Like, mm. all right, this is how you're supposed to really record in a studio setting. Yeah. So I think I like making people sound good, man. Yeah. You know. There you can, go. Can you tell us like what your impression was? Of what? Me? Like your first impression <laughs> of JK? Yeah, he's not here right She's now. Like Marvin. No, I wanted to. I like. Were I you wanted like, oh my god, through. I want yeah. to foster him. <laughs> like, he's, no, he's like dope. this Asian kid who wants he's to rap. He's cool, man. You heard it from Chops. JK's yeah, dope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, so, during the listening party, he'll he'll spill the tea. Mm, but. Mm. So on that note, though, um, I think, you know, there's obviously, like you mentioned earlier, like people might recognize some celebrity producers like Metro Boomin or Timbaland, these guys that right. like is getting charged like astronomical figures per beat, whatever, you know, but that's obviously not the only route of being a working musician or a working producer. True. You know what I'm saying? So like... You know, you were the first person that I spoke to that, yo, there's like people that's supplying these beats that you hear in like a drama and you could mm -hmm. get residuals, you could get royalties from that. Like, right, right. and there's people that actually sell these beats that you hear in like a commercial. Mm -hmm. And I was asking you like, why don't you sample? It's like, yo, if I sample, I'm losing that much points. So you kind of broke yeah. it down to me in the science of what a working producer is supposed to do. You know okay. what I mean? So can you kind of like break down that process yeah. of like how does it work and what are some like channels that's like your go-to channel to right. pretty much get bread? Get bread. Okay, so uh, with, with making beats for artists, right? Like there's so many, with the change of technology, it's so easy to get a setup where you can have the same thing that Metro Boomin has. You need a laptop and that's about oh, it. That's it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like there's so many people, there's so many kids that are like 16 and they're just as good as Metro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and like so somebody like me, I have to find my other strengths and my other specialties and focus on those as well. I can't compete with the 16 year old who's willing to work for like, you know, Nothing. money to buy weed or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like... Sounds about right. <laughs> and, and so one of the, I've been lucky in that um, there's, there's some folks that, uh, and this is a relationship thing, there's a guy named Michael Nieves who has a uh, company who shops music to television and films. And over the years, um, every once in a while, they would, they would, we would send them some music, I would send them music, and they would, you know, you wait a while, and they're like, you know, this show wants to use this song. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I should keep doing that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there's, there's checks with it. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and it's something that I got really excited about. Now, when I, when I was growing up, the, there was two jobs that I just mentioned the recording studio. The, other, the only other job that I was able to hold was like at movie theaters. I made popcorn and sold tickets and all that stuff. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? So like this is, to me, the combination of both things that I really dig. You mm -hmm. know, like just being able to like make music that ends up I get to see it on television or on, on like a movie, like that's the shit to me. So was that like a new learning curve too? Because like obviously um, making music for an artist or making music yourself and rapping yeah. to like creating an environment or creating like a, a feeling like through these scenes, like was that a learning curve for you in the beginning? Yeah, okay, so there's there's two, one, one the, what I just talked about is music licensing where yeah. you have songs and you submit them to people mm -hmm. and they use them or they don't, right? Because mm -hmm. it happens to fit the scene or it doesn't. Um, the other the other thing that you're kind of talking about is like scoring where you actually, oh, yeah. you're watching the film that's not finished yet 
and or the TV show, and you're making music that while you're watching it, um, you make music for it, mm-hmm. you know, and you want it to evoke the correct emotions and stuff like that. Um, and for that, like, I'm, I'm, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's you super did it fun. for Nine Man recently. I did it. Yeah, there was there was a film called Nine Man that that uh, a documentary about uh, Chinese uh, Chinese sport street sport. Um, shout out to Ursula Leung. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Shout and, out to um, Ursula. And that kind of got me like back into like wanting to do more stuff mm-hmm. for picture and like actually scoring to picture. Um, Julie is here. She had a, a Julie Chang did a short film that I had scored as well. Um, and and um, yeah, I mean that's fun to me. One thing that I like doing uh, with music is like remixing, right? So like if you have like the vocals of a song, you can make the song feel different according to what you do behind it, right? And then so the, I feel like with films it's kind of the same, or with with TV or, or whatever, like it's kind of the same because you get a chance to make it feel a certain way based on what you do, and, you know, you, and you can make it like be more happy, be more sad, be more hopeful or depressing or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And, and that, I don't know, that's, that, like, that's kind of what moved me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cool that, like, fast forward to now, like, back when you felt so alone as a creator of being Asian American, that, like, now you're in a position where you can help other Asian American creators and it's not so alone anymore, right? Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, one of the, the cool things is just even getting opportunities for shows that are, like like Wu Assassins that's out yeah. on Netflix now, or like Warrior on Cinemax, is like you know uh, I've been lucky in that through some of these opportunities, like people uh, through some of the licensing opportunities that I had before, people hit me up. There's a guy uh, named Dan Farkas who's here tonight. Um, he's hey, where, the, where you at, Dan? <laughs> hey. Hands up! He's Shout the, out to Dan. He's the, he's the music editor on Warrior. You know nice. what I mean? The music supervisor for Warriors. Yeah, and and so I had um I had a song that um that was on an HBO show called The Night of, which is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and he had he was part of that. He was part of making that part of the show. And um, his, and his daughters just happened to really like the song, and um, and he contacted me about it. From the and so we yeah, and we and we kept in touch and stuff. And then like when he got this opportunity with Warrior, like he, you know they were looking for Chinese music, and he's like, you know what? I think he's Chinese. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so like I got an email from the company, not through not from him, but it, I found out it came from him. You know what I mean? And then like and then so I put a thing up on Facebook like. Who do I know that's Chinese and raps and can turn around some shit like next week? You know what I mean? And uh-huh. like, and people came through and and like it turned into something. You know what I mean? That's um, awesome. And but we ended up getting like uh, three songs on the first season. That's know? crazy. Yeah. So I mean, like that kind of ties into connections, right? Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. you know, people that you know, um, yeah. people that you know vouching for you, yeah. or people of people that you know. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, creating that network is just so valuable. So I hope. If you have, if there's like up and coming musicians or anybody that's making films, like make sure you shout out um, Holla at Chops when yeah. we're done with this. Hell yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all about <laughs> connections, kid. You know what I mean? Wink, wink, Jakey. No. Yeah, but yeah. on that note, like I'm sure you get, you know, DMs now or maybe cassettes still. Who knows? <laughs> um, who stands out to you? You know, it can be through music or it can be through just like their genuine spirit. Uh, like, aside from Jakey. You know? <laughs> aside from Jakey. Okay. Oh shoot! Um, dang, I'm, I'm forgetting their name now, man. Uh, damn. If they're not I'm in drawing here, a blank. It's okay, okay, drawing I'm a dra- blank. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry about that. A hypothetical. Uh, 
No, you know what's crazy is is like there's so many artists now like that are making, especially hip hop, that are just dope now. And it's like again, it's totally totally different. Like um, there's people, there's like there's there's an account that I follow on Instagram that just features new Asian rappers, and there's new wow. ones that I'd never heard of every day mm. and they're all dope <laughs> and it's crazy because back then it was us and like two other people mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. and and it, and it's and it's awesome you know um there's there's definitely some people that i that i'm digging that i'm getting the chance to work with um oh i wanted to mention the strength and like we uh, i had a project um a, a compilation similar to virtuosity which was all asian american musicians nice. it was it's in 2013 um so it's been a while but um it was it was a collection of like all the people that like I I was watching uh, on YouTube and and like and I reached out to whoever I, I thought was dope and I was like you know uh, my name is Chops I had a group called Mountain Brothers and like um, I would love to chance to work on something with you and like and it was a project that I was really proud of and Jakey was part of it actually mm-hmm. and um, and I'm hoping actually the song that we did might end up on. <laughs> There, there's a show on Netflix that it might end up on, and I'm and I'm hoping so. so yo, yo, can... I get a cut for that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh shit! No, I, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 let's oh let's talk after this. Yeah, yeah, one for my, sure. One of my favorite things you said, you know, like helping or whatever, but like one of my favorite things to do is is cut somebody their check, man. That's, nah, that's for sure. Like Chops so is proper with that. It, mm-hmm. it was like it wasn't like one of those phone calls. It's like, yeah, I'll take care of you. It was like, yo, here's a here's the paperwork. Yo, make sure you sign this. Yo, what's your um a BMI? What's your like UMG yeah. code? Like all these publishing situations. I was like, yo, you're thorough with this. Yeah, this ain't like talk no to talk handshake and bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. all right, all right, cool. You know, so that's that was another lesson for me. Like that was a Joel for me. I was like, all right, cool. Like you know, even in the music industry, that oftentimes like a lot of that thing kind of falls into this gray area where people just kind of like, yo, you're doing homie favors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. Like that experience made me realize I like everything, paperwork. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, I like I like things yeah. to be official, man. And mm. then like also when when I present music to people that like officially work on television shows, mm-hmm. I need everything to be correct. The paperwork has to be straight, like, mm-hmm. and and people need to get their royalties and their and their check correct and all that stuff. And and it's work, and it's like that's part of it that people don't always talk about. It they talk about the fun stuff they get. You know, they talk about getting to meet famous people and, and stuff like that. But like. You know, I spend time like putting spreadsheets together. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. yo, meeting famous people doesn't get you a bag, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, it's about those Excel sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's about writing those invoices. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so, that's where the bag is. So, do you have advice for maybe like an up and coming music producer who might be really green and naive and is like, oh my god, this like he's so famous and he I get to work with him and might be doing stuff for no work like if they're trying to go about like protecting themselves like what are some resources right. that they can google maybe oh I, mm-hmm. I mean i definitely like encourage like learning and mm-hmm. like but one thing that I, I will say is like when we were when we were younger like we read up everything we could about the industry and about and i know a little bit too much about that stuff and back then i knew way too much about mm-hmm. it because i wasn't ready like and and like i was like we, like there was a thing in hip hop, especially underground hip hop, that was like the industry is gonna fuck us all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and real. like you, you have to like kind of take some lumps mm-hmm. here and there. You know what I mean? To to get to the next level, to get to the next stage. And like sometimes being like ignorant of that stuff is helpful to you because you can get ahead and you can reach a certain goal. Um, but like for me, like I, if I'm if I'm dealing with somebody, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to like have somebody be naive and take advantage of them. But like sometimes 
that's that's useful sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, or like doing stuff like you said, homie favors. Like sometimes that's useful. Like if you got somebody that's like on your level or just above your level, and you feel like you can like help each other kind of climb, mm-hmm. you know, like do that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like you know, to add on to your point, I think it's just kind of like being in a relationship, man. You got to get dumped a few times to know. <laughs> To know what's good, you know what I'm saying? To know, like, all right, like, you know, if you're a dude, you're like, all right, this shorty's like, mm, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's, I think she's gonna leave me in about like two days, so make sh- maybe I should kind of cut her off before that, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, on that note, <laughs> uh, has nothing to do with on that note, but. Uh, nope. I was like, where are you going I, with I this? Think, I think <laughs> I wanna talk about uh, this new project that you got coming up. Yes. Um, is it Thank out you. yet, or is it no, it's, on its, it's way? Uh, it's, it's coming, and um, it's, this kind of sprouted from the warrior situation. Uh, there's, a, there's a brother that I know um, at, at, for many years just through email and stuff. His name is Dana Showtime Burton. He's from Detroit. About 20 years ago, he moved to China, and he started having rap battles in China when there was like barely wow. any hip-hop at all. Right? There was like clubs that played Michael Jackson, and that was hip-hop night. You know what I mean? So you're, you're picturing, this is, again, this is 20 years ago, like, in China. So it's, like, back a ways, you know? Mm. And, and so he's been doing that for 20 years, and, um, and he became, like, established as one of the go-to people for hip-hop in China. A lot of the established rappers there um, came up through his battles. Iron Mike, it's called. And, um, and wow. as a result of us kind of coming together and working on some stuff to submit for Warrior... We just kind of were digging what was happening, right? So we have like an album's worth of stuff almost. Mm. And we're just going to finish that up and we're finding like a way to put it out. And, um, you know, we're so talking to some Kind of cherry some picking folks. like the biggest talents or people who are coming out of this oh, yeah. initiative? It, I mean, it's not necessarily like the biggest, you know, but like people that we feel are talented and, mm-hmm. and you know, and like and want to kind of rock with us. Yeah. Um, and... Um, and people that have like respect in the in the hip hop scene, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's two different things. Like sometimes there's you know there's people that have like an underground rep or have like the respect of each other as artists, you know. And the public doesn't know about them yet. So mm-hmm. that's what we're hoping to do is kind of like um, showcase some of them. Iron Mike, yeah. So um, for those of us that are not familiar with anything China, um, even though we're in a museum called. <laughs> A museum of Chinese Spread in America. I mean, because yo, we're chi- you know, there's a lot of Chinese Americans, and obviously, it's a, it's a world of a difference of what's happening in China. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, sure. are you familiar with like the music scene, or culture, or hip hop in general that's like taking place in China right now? I feel like I'm learning stuff through him. You know what I mean? And and through like what I can find. Um, and. It, it, it's a totally different culture over there it, in terms of like copyright and stuff. Like there's barely any non-existent. Right? Wow. So non-existent. like, like rappers over there, like they'll just find an instrumental online, and we do that here too, right? They'll just find an instrumental online and they'll just rap to it, and then they'll put it out. You know, like there's no like giving fifty bucks to the beat maker or any of that stuff. You know, like there's no weed money over there for them, um, <laughs> and, and like. Fortunately. So I mean. But but the difference is like you know they um, some of them would like to be known like over here you know and there's opportunities like Warrior like Wu Assassins like and people are excited about that especially since Warrior is like a Bruce Lee type of thing Bruce mm-hmm. Lee is fucking so many people's hero you know mm-hmm. and um, there's like Bruce Lee books in front of this museum by the right? way like yeah. I saw like four variations of Bruce Lee books yo yeah so I mean. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm I'm I would love to learn more about China. I've never been. Mm. You know? You've never been. No, nah, wow. I, I would love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe you can be written in the Chinese newspaper. Yeah, that would <laughs> and be. And you can finally that's, share that's with your parents. <laughs> Monumental moment. Monumental. Yes. So on that note, um, I we definitely want to uh, get you know get the floor open for the audience members the as well. And the so with that said, though, we would like to um, ask you one of our uh, wrap up questions. So if any of y'all have been listening to Six Ninety Nine Per Pound podcast, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Anchor, Spotify, Spotify you know all what I'm saying? the platforms. I don't, I don't see y'all subscribing right now. I, you know? <laughs> but on that note, um, we always ask two wrap-up questions. So I'm going to take the first, and then JoJo's going to take the second. The first wrap-up question that we ask all of our guests is, what is the most significant relationship in your life? Damn. Okay, I have two answers for that. The first one is my wife. Hey. Right? Um, we have correct um, answer. We met, yeah, we met, we met um, through. Um, it's it's a roughhouse related story. Um, she was friends uh, with the guitar player for our band that we had when we did live shows. Sometimes, um, if we were, you know, if we didn't, we weren't able to get Roly here. Um, sometimes we had like a live band situation, mostly local around Philly. And uh, there was a group of kids, smart kids, that all went to like Drexel University, which is a nice, nice college down mm-hmm. there. And um, yeah, and and uh, that's you know she was somebody. She's been that, holding it down. Yeah, no, for for a very long time. Like we went to go see a movie. She grabbed my hand, and that was it. You know, she she moved in shortly after, and um and yeah, and happily the, ever after. That was man. it. You know, uh, we have the same birthday and everything. She's oh a little God. bit older than me uh, by like a few hours. Oh, yeah. wow! Nice. Yeah. When's your birthday? That's deep. That's uh, deep. Seven Eleven, lucky. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Very cool. Is that cancer? Yeah. Another. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Cancer is good. Um, you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's a good I one. Have, I have no idea about all these <laughs> astrology situations. Nah. So real quick, the, the second one is, is music. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I moved around a lot as a kid. My family, like, I'm not originally, originally from Philly. Like, we landed there. But, um, like, my parents moved around a lot when we were kids. Like, we, were, we would be there just long enough to make friends and then lose them. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, music was, like, the constant, and, and it was, like, a place, like, you know, almost, a, like, a place for me, like, sitting in front of the stereo or, like, headphones and stuff to where, like, I, I could feel like there was somebody there for me. You know what I mean? And, um, and that's, you know, that's a relationship that I've had longer than with, like, any human. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, that's a big one. Nice. Mm. Well, the second question that we ask all of our guests, and I have very high expectations because you are oh. a rap writer, but what is your personal mantra? I, I thought about this one a little bit. Um, shoot, it's uh, like guard your time, like your life mm-hmm. depended on it because it does. You know what I mean? I'm older and like there's so many things that like, and I don't have a lot of regrets, but the ones I do have are related to time and how I spent it and how I could have better spent it. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, you, if you are a musician or if you're a filmmaker or whatever it is, and you're not doing whatever that is, you know, like, if you spent, like, if tomorrow you're going to, you sit on the couch and you eat chips and watch cartoons, you know what I mean? You're a chip eater. Or warriors. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. tomorrow you're a cartoon yeah. watcher. You know what I mean? Yo, like, that shit was a bar right there, man. Yeah. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, 
Right. You're right. a chip eater, son. For real. And and like like avoid those avoid those like distractions. You know what I mean? If you can. For real. Like if you're going like if you're in the store and the guy walks or on the street and the guy walks up to you and he's like, you know, do you are you interested in in siding for your house or installing new windows or refacing your bathroom? Like you just say, have a good day, man. You keep walking. Mm. You know what I mean? You don't stand and talk yeah. to him about getting siding on mm -hmm. your house. You keep it moving and you go to where you need to go. You mm. don't get distracted by these things. Yeah, man. starve your distractions for yeah. sure. Yeah. What was it again? Guard your time. Guard yeah, your guard time. your time like your life depended on it. Because yeah, your life your depends on it. Protect your neck and protect your time, kid. Yeah, <laughs> especially in New York. That's very important. <laughs> well, awesome. So, so yeah. We um, have some time for... Yeah, no, that was righteous though, that was man. So Can righteous. you give it up for Chops, guys? Yes. Like. I mean, full disclosure, usually our um, recorded episodes in like a private setting tends to go longer, but since, you know, we're in front of a live audience, we wanted to make it short and sweet, you know what I mean, like a moon cake. Um, <laughs> so on that note, um, I think we're gonna, you know, get the floor opened up. Um, yes. So yes, first question, young, young lady right here. Yes. yes. You can speak up, we got a small room right here. <laughs> so Chops, uh, I feel like it's still very challenging Asian Americans outside of K-pop to really make a big splash in the American music industry. Got you. Bayou is, this is Bayou, by the way, and she's an awesome singer. Yeah, like, she's incredible, yeah. and she has her own podcast. Yeah. I'll hear us roar. <laughs> Why do you feel like that's still the case after many, many years, and I know you've really fought that fight as well, and when do you think the industry will be primed to recognize someone that looks like us as someone right. who's at the top of their game in the genre that's within American I think that that's two two things. One is um, that there's a lot of people that are really dope, but don't have that like single making thing that kind of like lets your music like Psy had that shit. You know what I mean? Like your music is catchy as fuck, and it, it reaches everybody. You know what I mean? You don't even understand what the fuck he's saying, but you love it. You know, and like and that's true for English too. You know what I mean? Like people like there's plenty of people who have songs in English. I don't know what they're saying, but I love the song. You know. <laughs> Um, and, and like the other part is like the landscape changing and the support of, of like us, you know, like, like the reason Crazy Rich Asians turn into a thing and there's more movies like is we supported that shit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we showed up, we, we, we like voted with our dollars. And, um, and I think that once we show people that like we have that, we, like there's a market for it, like Green is people's favorite color, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's about race to a certain extent, but like, if they figured out, if they realized that like, they could make some bank, like, they're gonna try to make some bank. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, Mikey Fresh. Um, yeah, I have a question for you. You know, I know a lot of people in this room have been inspired by your music. Um, oh, man. A lot of us being Asian American. But I wonder, were there any like old school Asian American producers that you were influenced by? Uh, as far as producers, Asian American, shoot. Uh, Think back on those cassettes, man. Yeah, no, there was <laughs> there was people that I dug like Redmatic. You know what I mean? Keep cool and Redmatic. There was people that I liked. Um, Redmatic as in the DJ, right? Yeah, yeah DJ, DJ Redmatic from yep. the Beat Junkies, um, and legendary DJ. That I that I really was into. There was MCs that I liked, like Lyrics Born, Asian Born. Um, but like as far as like looked up to, I'm gonna have to say like most of the people I thought was like most of the people that I tried to model myself there after like it's black folks, man. Mm. Like that's just that's just yeah. Yes, uh, this gentleman right here. Garth. 
What's up, man? I have a chopstick soundtrack on a film that Leah Chang and I made a couple years ago. Nice. What's the name of the yeah. film? The film is called Balancing Act. I needed a hip hop, jazz fusion thing, and I'd met Chops in Philly. And Where can we see the film, please? Tell us. Ventralfilms.com. <laughs> Balancing yeah. Act. Okay. Balancing Act. Yep. Yep. Um, I know we're seeing a lot more Asian American hip-hop artists happening, but I feel like the real change, like in film and theater, which is my role, like where the yeah. change is happening is on the production direction, the administrative side. Oh, nice. Do you feel like there's a, while there's a lot more Asian American artists rapping, do you feel like there are, there's a sea change happening in the production side? Oh, yeah, that, that's, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, there's, um, there's a lot of us, like, behind the scenes now, too, man. And like that makes a difference. Like for instance, mm -hmm. there's a, there was a show. It's just ended uh, called I Zombie on the CW, and like me and my friends got some music on that too. And that's partly because there's a network. Like some of the editors on the staff, Asian folks. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, let's sneak on, let's sneak some music in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's cool because it like it helps keep some of us alive for a little bit longer, so we can fight a little bit more. You know? And and that's it's awesome. Like. The f and, and I think that that's part of what, um, what is changing things, too, is like there's a lot of people that are developing and, and um, uh, developing content that's, like, that's like centered on our own stories and, and on our own, like, and there's like people that have each other's back, you know, and, and um, it's, it's making a difference and it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just to add on to that, like, I mean, we emphasize this in our podcast all the time. It's just, you know, it's not just about people in front of the camera. It's about people behind, behind the, the camera, camera as well. You know what I'm saying? Because, sure. like, we need those people in the back championing us, you know what I'm saying, looking out for us, writing that email, fighting with their bosses, be like, nah, we got to get chops on this particular mm -hmm. joint. You know what I mean? So make sure you befriend people behind the camera as well, y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? People yeah. in front of the camera, they really don't give a fuck about you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah, and I just want to add that very yes. quickly. It's and I think what's really cool now with like technology and like Slack, there's a lot of um, Asian American groups and media or AATM or ACN, and um, a lot of these people are mobilizing through Facebook and Instagram. And I know like Spotify, for example, they have an ERG, it's called Space, and they have a Slack channel where it's like, hey, we're trying to push for an Asian American playlist. Oh, Can yeah. everyone in this group like pitch an artist? And that's an amazing opportunity like that's for awesome. you at the company to like use your platform to leverage other artists so if you're in any of those situations join those groups and make sure like your voices get heard stay plugged into these cultures so you can pitch these people so i think that's like a yeah there, i mean and uh, mm -hmm. like before when times were different there was a, definitely a lot of like when people like if you're asian and you got a break like, because there were so few opportunities, like, if you got up the ladder, you pulled it up after you, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, like, now there's, there's, there's way more, um, there's way more of people bringing each other with them, yeah. you know, with them. Yeah. And, and like, like a, and, and not only that, like, there's, there's, like, allies. Like, you don't have to be Asian-American to support somebody Asian-American. Exactly. Be dope working with somebody that's, you know, Asian-American or, or, or what, whatever it is. Like, it's... There's people that are looking out, and like we're and we're grateful for it. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Um, how, we question? got two more questions. I right, bang. No, um, yes, yes. Um, you know what? I I have to be honest with you. I'm not too up on that stuff. You know. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I like my, my focus is a little bit different now. Um, and like, but, but I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of people like, for instance, Dumbfounded, who like is battle champion, you know what I mean? And, and like, um, but yeah, I, I have to say, I'm not, I'm not super in touch with some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely people that, that, I, um, that I'm starting to work with that I dig that kind of have that Mountain Brothers thing going. Um, and, and I'm partly doing it, you know, for fun. Like there's a there's a Korean gentleman uh, out of Virginia by the name of C Note, um, who I dig a lot. And um, yeah, I'm you know it's uh, there's 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 so much talent, you know, and um, it's it's a good time for us. Word. Um, so we have room for one more question. One more. One more. Um, I like to give it. Sorry, I like to give it to this gentleman in the back. If that's okay. Yeah, this gentleman in the back, yes. <laughs> hey, Chops, you know, what, what are you digging these days? I know, like, you've had decades of, like, digging records. Yeah. Um, periods, you know, clearly with, like, Mount Brothers, it's kind of this modern soul jazz kind of feel to it. Yeah. So what are you feeling these days? Like, what's kind of inspired you? Wow. You know, um... It, this is gonna sound weird, but like I'm, I'm kind of digging like EDM stuff right now. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? and, no, I mean part of it is like I'm getting, I'm getting opportunities doing that kind of stuff. But then uh, it's like a, a chance to learn new like sound textures and stuff when you're making tracks, and you can apply that to what you're doing like with hip hop and things. And there's a lot of like innovation happening there, like and that's getting turned into hip hop. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of where sonically I'm getting a lot of inspiration. Um, but then also, um, there's this cool thing now where there's, there's kind of like a jazzy thing coming back, you know? There's like Snow Allegra and No ID and that kind of stuff, and it's like a little bit retro, but it's like new at the same time, and it's soulful. And I mean, I think that kind of hits all the bases for me. Like some, something like that that's like a combo of like old and new and like, and soul, like that's, that's the shit that really works for me. Nice. So um, on that note, I think we're gonna wrap it up, wrap but it up. Um, I like to. I think uh, we should stand up, right? Yeah, let's be polite. Let's be <laughs> polite be Asians. <laughs> um, I like to thank everybody for coming out today. Thank you, all of you. Chops music. Thank you. He's available now, so make sure y'all chop it up with him. Um, I also like to say, shout out to Mocha Museum of Mocha, Chinese yeah. in America. Shout out to you guys. If you have yet to follow 699 per pound podcast on Instagram, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you do that. Um, God bless. Peace. Wait, and the party's not over yet. We have. Oh, yeah, yeah. We also got a, a listening party that's going to be ongoing right here. So, but real the... quick, first, yes, right? Yes. We got this world class DJ right here, right? Yes. DJ Rolly Roll. The man is like a pioneer in the art of what's called beat juggling, right? Where you take two copies of the same record or different pieces of records and you like move micro amounts and you're like basically making your own beat with existing music, but it's you're creating it with the turntables. And this man is like a master of that. And we wanted you to experience that kind of thing um, and, and just get a taste of what like world-class turntablism beat juggling is, is like, man. Plugging in your Spotify playlist. He is making music right now as we speak. Yes, yes. And on top of that, we have a lot more drinks going in the back. We don't drinks want to carry it all, Oxo so please vodka. drink it all. So make sure you Instagram this joint right here. This is Rolly Roll on the ones and twos.
We're now bounded by our chairs at this point. Make sure you grab more drinks. Concentrated power of Hey yo, it's 699 per pound. Podcast. <laughs>